Hey, this is Chris Lockwood, and you're listening to the Chris Lockwood Podcast, Alive. In a Welcome to the Chris Lockwood Podcast, where we have the privilege of hearing from people just like you, just like me, who are seeking, learning, growing, striving to better understand just what it means to be fully alive and how that translates in the day-to-day. Well, this week's podcast is part two of my conversation with Jean Thomason, the person your kids probably know as the amazing Miss Patty Cake. If you haven't had the opportunity to listen to part one, I encourage you to go back and do so just so you can get a better understanding of her life and career as Miss Patty Cake, why she does what she does, and the wisdom she has in helping parents engage and educate little minds on a level where they can begin to fully grasp and comprehend God. This week, we really dig into the heart of who Jean Thomason is, which you'll find is an endearing, compassionate, and loving human being. There's so much good food for thought here. Woven throughout the conversation, we continue to talk about her new book entitled Pep Talks, which is a can-do guide in sharing God's big love with little lives. So whether you be a parent, grandparent, teacher, whatever, this book is an easy read but very, very insightful and very helpful in giving you practical advice as you try to better the lives of the children for which you are responsible. Remember, if we don't take responsibility for our children, somebody else will or they already are, which is a scary thought. So here we go, part two of two. And just so you know, before you call your kids into the room and tell them that Patty Cake is about to be on the internet, this is a conversation more for the adults. So ladies and gentlemen, please put your seatbelts on for the fabulous Jean Patty Cake Thomason. Motherhood. Motherhood. Um, okay. Uh... I spent time with your family for about two and a half months mm-hmm. at the end of 2015. Uh, I love your kids. <laughs> They're amazing. And it's clear, like, your family, I may be wrong, but you guys feel pretty stinking tight. Is that true? I mean, granted, your family and families have their... Yeah, we are. But it, y'all, y'all feel pretty tight. So... Our what, son is, a, is an introvert, so he's, he's not... A, he he um he doesn't love he doesn't love the wildly social aspect of our life. He's you know it's a little loud and too many people for him most of the time. So so when we're when it's just us, he's he's great. Yeah. You know, but if it's if I say hey, fifty people are coming for dinner, he's like uh, I'll see, I'll <laughs> get see me more. out. <laughs> I know. He's he's not in. Text me later. I know. What's been the most valuable lesson you've learned in regards to being a mom? I know that's a loaded question. I, I hate you right now. <laughs> um, okay. For everybody that doesn't know Jean, she's a water faucet. <laughs> <laughs> like dripping and irritating? Is that what you're saying? I'm crying. Oh, my goodness. Um, she's so greatest, sweet and sensitive. The greatest lesson um, in motherhood. All right, well, without sounding super spiritual... 
because I think that this might come across that way. Um, I, I have sensed, uh, I, I, I understand the father heart of God hmm. in a way I never could before. And I have been so much, um, I, I, I understand better how God can love me, how I'm loved by God, because I understand how I love my children with yeah. stupid love, stupid love. Yeah. I mean, I would run out in front of a train for my children. Mm -hmm. Why? Because, because I'm, because I'm a mother and because it's stupid love. I mean, it's just, it's a cra crazy love. It's, it's like you lose all sense of self security yes. for their yes. well-being. Okay. And not because you, not because you're being, um, heroic, yeah. but because you don't have a choice. Um, because that's how connected you are to your children. Mm -hmm. I try to explain that to them every once in a while and they roll their eyes at me, which is okay because until they themselves become parents, they won't get that at all. But what that has done for me is caused me to understand how the father could continue to gaze my way with stupid love, stupid adoration, stupid, that's not the right word. Um, no, I mean, but it can be, I know what you mean. M bigger than compassion, but you know, you know, I love the scripture in um, the Song of Solomon where the lover says to the, to the, the, the man says to the woman, he says, one glance from your eye ravishes my heart. <laughs> and because that's an, and because that's a picture of the love of Jesus, the bridegroom for us, mm. you know, I, I, I have a problem going really because you didn't look very closely. <laughs> if you really knew me, you wouldn't. You wouldn't be ravished. Need some glasses. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. Be, your heart wouldn't be ravished. Um, um, however, now that I get it more that, um, as a mother, now that I get that kind of connection, I told my son just the other day when he would be like, "Mom, you know, he's so funny. Um, really, why do you have to know everything I'm doing?" And I go. It's, it has to do with the umbilical cord. I don't know how to explain it to you, but I can't, I can't not ask you. I can't not text you. I can't not say, hey, what's happening? Tell me. Is there anything fun? You know, um, I want to share your life. And uh, that's how Jesus feels about me. Yeah. And why don't I think that all the time Jesus is going, hey, we haven't talked today. You know, what's going on? What do you want to tell me? <laughs> you made me cry. I know. And, it's, and, and if that's the way... I, I get it now, and it makes me want to turn to the Lord much more often in my life. Going, so yesterday I had this terrible conversation with a friend of mine, and I was horrible to her, and I'm just I'm hating myself right now. So I just need you to know, you know, that's the way Jesus wants us yeah. to talk to Him. You know, the way my daughter calls me, and she goes, "Mom," she lives in Orlando. You know, "Mom, I'm in horrible traffic. People are so stupid; they don't put their blinkers on." <laughs> you know, she just wants somebody to say, "I know." You know, just and sharing life is 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 what motherhood is. Just that I've loved about motherhood, and I grew yeah. up in a big family, so I'm used to sharing life with sisters and and um, and a brother who sometimes shares life. <laughs> yeah. But having children who want to share life with you and uh, knowing, trying to encourage them, no matter what, I'm here for you. No matter what, I'm your cheerleader. No matter where you are, mm -hmm. if you're ever in trouble, I don't care if you're in jail, you call me yeah. because I don't care what you've done. I'm, I'm gonna rescue you if I can. I'm gonna love you the best way I know how to love you. 
every a, a sane mother and a sane father would say that to their children. Yeah. Well, guess what? You think we came up with that idea? No. That's not original. That's the father's love to us. And if I get a hold of that, it makes my shame go away, my shame over my own sin, and it makes me willing to turn because his mercies are new every morning and great is his faithfulness. And if I believe that, what the word says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning. If I really, really believe that, then, then I wake up with great joy. Then that's where the real joy comes from. I'm loved, I'm seen, and I'm loved. And regardless of what I've done, of where I've been, of how nasty I've been to people in my own life, Mm -hmm. I'm still loved and I'm still seen. The way that I love and adore my children. I don't like them all the time. (laughs) They they make me mad and frustrated. Look at them and go, okay, that was not smart. You know, be, please be smart. I'm begging you to be smart. You know how to be smart, you know. But But I mean, like, you know, when I was thinking about, I was thinking about um, you're better, um, you're better at, quoting scripture word for word, but I was thinking about when Jesus is talking about, like, when you ask for a fish, God doesn't give you a stone. Like, so he loves us in a way that's perfectly done, and even as powerful as the love that you have for your kids, yeah. it's still imperfect. So that thought of a perfect God, like, having that, the intense feeling you have and the care that you have for sure. your... I was actually, the reason why you can bring me to tears, I was thinking about this morning, um, you know, um, Mia will wake up in the morning in her crib, she's our two-year-old, and she... You will either be upstairs or I'll be in the living room reading, and she—it's either mama, you know, mama or you know, daddy. And so I go in there, and she's standing there at the edge of the crib. I pick her up. She lay, she, her hugs in the morning the best. Yeah. Like she grabs into my neck, lays her head on my shoulder, and then wraps her legs around me. And then we go immediately because we potty trained her. She's two years old. We're Good really excited about that. So I take her to the little potty. Yeah. She stands up, and I pull her little pants down, her little panties down, and set her down on the toilet, and her and her little bushy curly ears <laughs> sits there, and half awake. And, and I was just thinking about, like, the idea of, like, having to give her away to some guy one day and going through the whole, like, I literally, you know, it's like when she woke up, it's probably 6.30 in the morning, I'm going, I don't know why I'm thinking about all this stuff, but just the, the overprotective kind of mm-hmm. dad in me, I was already thinking about, like, the foolishness of some guy thinking that I owe him something by just because he has the nerve to like come and ask for her hand. I'm like, I, I walked this girl to the bathroom every morning and put her on the toilet and pulled her pants down because she's not smart enough to do. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Like the just the data, like the build up to like it's just like the the continuous effort of being a parent. How much like the love for them continues to grow as you continue to do that. You know what I mean? Because it's like this exercise. Like you don't know really how to be a parent when they're first born. No. But then you go through the motions of like learning and learning, and you love them more and more and more and more. And just I don't know. Like you saying all that just made me kind of retouched on that nerve from this morning of just my little girl not being able to use the restroom and having this love like a protectiveness of her and the idea of her one day growing up and moving out and just like oh just <laughs> God. we may have to skip this whole motherhood business because like yeah. the dad anyway um what's been the most testing thing you as a mother have had to face well my son had a drug problem in high school yeah. and he got really mad at God and it's understandable when what what happened we went through some real sadness our pastor's wife was killed in a car crash and he was close to her and then 
very shortly after that, a woman who worked for my husband, precious woman that we've known for years, who was who was one of their kind of babysitters, and she stayed with them during the weekends when when I was out I'm doing Women of Faith, and if Chris had a project doing a recording somewhere, she was kind of, she stayed with them, and uh, she took her own life. Mm. And um, that really shook him up down in the depths of his soul, and he was really upset and angry. Mm. And understandably so. Yeah. Um, and it pushed him to a real shaky place in his life. And um, How old was he when that happened? He's in the ninth grade. Okay. Yeah, the end of his ninth grade year. Um, so, uh, and he was already doing music in a big way, playing his guitar, and he got really mad one day. We were actually sitting in this house, and I was trying to help him with something, and just just angry, and you know, being yeah. a young teenager, and um, and he got mad at me for trying to help him with his homework one day, and he said, "I don't need your help." And he got up and he walked across the room right over there. And he took his hand and he hit the door really hard. And he broke his hand. Ugh. And his, his guitar hand. And um, the funny thing about that is when he went to the emergency room with his dad the day, the next, well, that night, later that day, you know, because of course I was like, you just broke your guitar hand. <laughs> and um, uh, he's a great, great guitar player. And so, uh, and that's what he was doing all the time. It was the, the only thing that kept him really busy and going and he just spent hours and hours he disappeared into a studio and he was writing songs and doing music and practicing all the time and uh and when he got to the um when he got to the emergency room the doctor looked at him and said was it your girlfriend or your mother <laughs> and he rolled his eyes and he said my mom and he goes yep and my husband said how often do you see this and he said that eh, three times a week three times a week young boys come in and with broken hands from hitting the wall. Oh he said, gosh. the wall or the door always wins. You know, so he had <laughs> what they call a boxer's break and broke his hand. And then it, then it was his right hand and then his hand was in a cast. And so the boy who said, I don't need your help, couldn't do, couldn't do, I had to write all his papers and for the next, um, however long it was, you know, two months or oh something. Until his hand. So watching your children struggle, and watching, watching your children really walk through dark, days darkness mm. and um is awful when you can't help them mm. and and sometimes you know as a parent instinctly that they have to make their own story they have to live their own story they have to they have to work it out themselves and they um they need to see god come through for them they have to make their own relationship with the lord i heard years and years ago i heard a pastor say there are no grandchildren in heaven. There are only children. God only has children, doesn't have grandchildren. Hmm. Um, um, you and I can't, our children can't ride into eternity on our coattails. You yeah. know? Now they stand on our shoulders, but that's different, you know, than hanging on to our faith. They have to, they have to, they have to let God create, um, build that faith in them, and they have to let, they have to see the Lord in their own lives. Yeah. So, that, that's the hardest thing, is watching them make their own testimony. They, they live their own story. And um, my daughter's been through some hard stuff, making bad choices. And, um, and, we, and we all do that, yeah. you know. But the consequences, there are always consequences for our action, no matter what they are. Yeah. 
And so we, we have to live with consequences. And yeah. even if it means we walk with a limp, you know, I love to remind myself about Jacob who wrestled with the angel and said, I won't let you go until you bless me. And, um, and he walked with a limp for the rest of his life. But what he gained was worth the limp. So, you know, just he gained the name Israel and he gained the, he gained the inheritance and, and he's the father of the great nation, you know. So uh, he, you know, anyway, that's what Jacob gained. But, um, but you don't want to see your children have a limp, even if it's to the glory of God ultimately. Yeah. So I would say, with tears, that's the, that's the most challenging part of motherhood. Yeah. I mean, not to dig into Christopher's story, like, but I would imagine, like, you know, um, you expect the testimony stuff to start later in life, not in ninth grade. Oh, sure. <laughs> you know? Um, well, I think it's better if it's early. <laughs> you know, because yeah, if, absolutely. If, if the struggle is early, and, and he still is, he still isn't really. He's such a thinker, and he's such a poet, and he's uh, he is intrigued by deep stuff, and uh, he's really he's chasing so orthodoxy right now. I mean, he's pondering, um, um, he's really pondering whether or not he should become Catholic. Thanks and to so, Jeremy. Yeah, thanks to Jeremy and other people. <laughs> so you know that that story doesn't look anything like my story, but I'm just looking at the Lord, going, okay, like Hannah who gave Samuel to the Lord, I did that when both my children were born. I said to the Lord, I'm not smart enough to know how to parent this child, so I give you permission, Father God, to parent this child through me. Yeah. And that should be every person's prayer. I give you permission to parent this child through me, and you be wise, because every child has their own bend. You know that scripture in Proverbs that says, train a child in the way he should go, in the way he is bent. They are naturally bent. You know, your, your own children come out of the womb with their own temperament, their own personality, their own bend. And you, we have to become students of the character of our children and go, now this is the way my daughter go, is going. This is the way my son is going. And I mean, they're polar opposites. So I cannot treat them the same way. I have to be wise to their bend and see what way does this child look like he's going? How has God bent this child? And be wise to that so that I can put them on the right path. I can help steer them to that yeah. path and then fan the flame and be the cheerleader and say, that, um, I see that this is what God has given you. What mm -hmm. about, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Maybe we could try this over here. And someone did that for me. The woman who listened to me when I was five and said, this girl has music all over her. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that was the, and that was the way that they encouraged me along that path. And that has, and that has made all the difference yeah. in my life. Yeah. And so um, I would say, well, and I would say that's one of the things I'm trying to do in, in, giving, in giving this wisdom away to people. Yeah. What are your hopes for Christopher and Ron? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, I just, the reason why I ask this stuff from you is because, like, um, again, you know, like you're seen as sort of this voice into the lives of children and parents. Okay. And I want them to know, like, where you're coming from Good. rather than just being a person on stage. Oh, know? my goodness. Yeah. Um, I always laugh and say, what you see on stage is one half of 1% of, of, <laughs> of what this whole ide ideology even is all about. Because mm. that's the reason I've written this book is because I want, it, I want now for people to go, what are you? When they see me, you know, in a costume and I go, well, 
That's really hard for me to say in five words, but here's the book that tells you all about why I put on this costume right. and dress like this. <laughs> it's more, it's and, more like you're doing it for the parents. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, Not, yeah. Well, I mean, you're doing it for both, but it sounds like it, it does have a two-sided, the, the sword is double-edged where you're doing it for the kids yes, and then yeah. for the well, parents as well. Um, um, but you also want to take the parent place of the parents. Oh, gosh. Let, let me back up and answer the question. What are my hopes for my children and the hope for my children is this that they both have an authentic living relationship with father god through jesus in such a way that they can hear the lord say to them this is the way I walk in it and they mm -hmm. can find their assignments because we we are not citizens of you know we we are a chosen generation we're a royal priesthood we're a holy nation we're people who belong to god that's what second peter says and and because of that, we're on assignment in this world. We're ambassadors, Paul says. And so as ambassadors, we have a role, we have a job, and we have a, uh, we have a place that God's gonna put us in one of the, the seven pillars, as it were, of society. We don't know, are we in arts and entertainment? Are we in economy? Are we in government? Are we in education? Are we about the family? But the Lord needs his people in all these areas of society to, to strengthen the, to, 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 for his kingdom to come in all these areas, through, in us, through us. So I want, obviously, for my children to find their place, their assignments, and to, and to be skilled in their work, and to stand strong in the Lord, and be uh, um, um, men and women who, who are students who rightly handle the word of truth, what Paul said to Timothy, um, um, so that they won't be ashamed. And so one day, they, like all of us, can... can can when they go to heaven the lord will say to them well done yeah. well done you know and um uh that's what i want for my children yeah it was what i want for myself <laughs> you know we all want that we all want to say, we all want the lord to be able to say to us well done good and faithful servant and and it'll only be by his kindness and his goodness give us the grace to be able to do that what in all your travels uh and i may i don't mean, I don't know if I'm going to ask this right, but what most concerns you about what moms deal with these days or are facing as mothers? Oh, that's great. Um, what I think that moms are facing um, is the, the onslaught of the culture who is dragging us into godlessness. Mm. I think I said that well. The culture... I, I can't remember if you put the whole thing about the Lorax thing. Did, did we record that? Yeah, I think yes. Okay, well, what I'm, and if you, at one point the Lord really told me that I was like the Lorax because <laughs> I'm this strange little creature dressed in this costume who runs out in the face of the, the, the onceler who is the, the culture, you know, the, and the culture is in it for money. That's what the onceler wanted. And really that was an that was an ecology book. You know, it's written to try, it doesn't matter, but anyway. He's trying to save the trees, but I would say that if, what I think mothers are looking for is how do we save the children from the culture that's godless? And um, there's an interesting passage about one of the tribes of Israel, um, Issachar, the tribe of Issachar, and in Second Chronicles, the word says that the men of Issachar were wise because they understood the times and they knew how to act accordingly. They knew what the nation of Israel should do. Hmm. We need to be like Issachar. We need to perceive the culture and understand the times. We need to look around and say, who 
is after the attention and the heart of my child. Um, who in media is after it? Who in entertainment is after it? Who in the culture, in the public schools is after it? Who, who's after it? Well, and it's, it's quite obvious. It's the nose on your face. If you look and say, what apps are my children looking at? Yeah. Every two and three year old in the country can, can maneuver their parents' iPhone or an iPad or something like that. Well, what are they looking at? Yeah. You know, we are called to be, uh, we are called to be set apart. We, as believers in Jesus, are called to be the people who, who, who are the peculiar people. We are set apart. We're, we're, not, we're in this world, not of this world. So how do we, um, how do mothers today, how do they find a way to, to put, the, to, to weave in, to weave a God, let's see, a God, hang on just a minute. Let me think about a good way to say this. <laughs> how do we find a way to weave into our, the, the culture of our families, a universe that includes God, a, a, an education that includes um, God? You know, I love what Romans chapter one says where Paul is talking about godlessness in the world he says these he says these people all around us because they live in a very pagan society 2000 years ago obviously and he said all of them have they have they have traded the holy for what is natural so they've thrown away god and they they worship idols and they worship idols of wood and clay and yeah. he said he said here's the thing the the divine nature and the eternal power of god is clearly seen in everything that has been made all of creation screams that there's a divine nature and uh, of God, and that um, eternal divine nature and power of God is clearly seen in what has been made. So that man is without excuse. Nobody can say, "I didn't know." Nobody ever told me. Yeah. You can't say that. Nobody can say that. that. Answers the deepest, darkest question of what about all the pagans and what about all the people who never heard the name of Jesus? It doesn't matter. They're without excuse. You know why? Because of what Romans one twenty says. Because the divine nature of God and the eternal power is clearly seen in what is made. So how then, to your question, how then do mothers look around and say, I wrote a song that says, everywhere you look you see in colors, in numbers, in ABCs. Everywhere you look you see that God loves you and God loves me. So how do mothers in the middle of our secular culture today, how do they find a way to talk to their children and create a worldview that includes God in yeah. everything? Yeah. I love that. It's a great answer. Which is why I wrote this book. Are we ready to talk about it? We're, we're, we're like right there. <laughs> I know you're dying. It's like your new I'm baby. I'm excited. It's like your new baby. It is a baby. You're sitting here. I've been pregnant for three, five years with this baby, and I finally have given birth. If you could give any mothers out there advice, and I feel like you kind of already did in okay. that answer, but Good. like if there was like, What's the one thing that pops in your head and go, like, if I could give you one piece of advice. Okay. As, as Mama Jean, Mama Patty, like, this is what I would say to you. Fill in the blank. Laugh. Laugh. Mm -hmm. when, you're, when your children do things and, they, and stuff falls and things spill. Oh and, 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 they, and they make the biggest mess in the whole wide world. Don't get mad. Laugh. Mm -hmm. Take a picture. You, Take a picture of the mess. Don't get upset about the mess. Take a picture of the mess and laugh. I think that's one of the, the best answers you could have. It's so simple, but it's so, like, it's necessary. Joy yesterday morning had, like, Ella. Ella was having a meltdown, like, for 
three hours. And then, you know, then she's got two other kids that are, you know, I'm gone. Yes. I'm, I'm gone doing a vocal session recording yes. music. And, um, and she said, you know, by the grace of God, she didn't lose it. But, like, it's so hard for moms to laugh when you're dealing with that. Uh-huh. You know, and when you're putting, like I said earlier, like, when you're putting your wants and dreams and wishes and life aside, mm. and these kids are ruling your life yep, to laugh. My grandmother said something, um, you know, we, our house was always clean before we had kids. Oh, yeah. seven. It was perfect. Perfect. And so, like, and she said one time, she said, you know, when the house starts to become a mess during the day, just let it get messy. And she said, let your home be a place where your family can enjoy being family. And at the end of the day, when you need to clean up, clean up. But, like, don't, you know. No, nobody really cares. And don't create this environment of, like, you can't. It's just, you know, this is their playground, you know, during this time, you know. Wow. Nobody's, ju- no, nobody's great... really judging you. We, we think they are. You know, we think, what are they going to think of me if my home is blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the, the thing that's funny is, like, nobody, nobody, um, I'm looking at the scripture because I love this, uh, Proverbs 31, um, where it says, Proverbs 31, chapter 25 says, she, the woman, is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear. Of the future, I actually like it in the Message Bible. I love the Message. I read it all the time because I used to hate it. Oh gosh! And now I love it. As a songwriter, I, you would have thought that I, I loved it like years ago, mm. but I was so like it's so like loose, and, and now like I, I absolutely love it. <sighs> That's um, so good. That's a great answer, Jean. Um, and the and the interesting thing, hang on, she designs gowns, she brings sweaters, clothes are well made, she faces to, she faces tomorrow with a smile. And when she speaks, she has something worthwhile to say it, and she always says it kindly, you know. Well, we obviously need God's help to do that kind of thing, but I I do I I, I that's one of the things I've really talked about in the book is 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 looking for ways to make a memory and laugh at something and don't be upset about the silly small things that happen and um uh i i have a memory of a day that my daughter took found my lipstick when in and and wiped it just all over her face and all over the counter and all over everything and i walked in and you know my knee-jerk reaction is like are you getting you know i can't believe you did this you're so disobedient you're in so much trouble and i the holy spirit kept caught me and i took a deep breath and went Wow, look at that! You painted yourself and you painted the mirror, you know? And it was just the goodness of God to help me have that reaction instead of the other reaction. Mm-hmm. And then I said, and next time, let's don't do this because look at the mess. And then I gave her the rag and she helped me clean it all up. Um, but, but but if you had blown up on her, she would have been in her room. Crying. And, yeah. and, and what kind of, you know, how is that laying a foundation for joy in the future? I, I have one of my best memories of my daughter is this. Your wife, Joy, will like this because my daughter was a great drama queen. She was just, everything was a big deal to yeah. her. Just quite, you know, girls are hormonal anyway, but I have this great memory of the day when it was, she was young and it was her job to, to, brush we had a dog a little cocker spaniel and just brush the dog so when we lived this was in mobile when we lived down there the dog lived mostly outside so he would get stuff in his in his hair his fur you know and so does the dog have fur i guess so um Whatever. 
She's comb- and I would say, here's the brush. You need to come. I don't want to come, the dog. He doesn't like him. And I'm like, I'm like sweetie, here's the. And I'm, I'm, this is your job. I need you to do this. Well, she didn't do it. So one day I said, it's time we have to take the dog to the groomers. And I took the dog, and the woman at the groomer said, I'm sorry to tell you, but it's going to take me, you know, three hours to comb this dog. The best thing for me to do is shave him. And I was like, shave the dog. Who cares? It'll all grow back. So we shaved him. Well, he looked like a pig, of course, because he's just down to his pink skin, you know? So she came home from school that day and she looked at our dog. She was like, <gasps> and she started bawling, crying. I can't believe this. Terrible. He looks like a pig. She, said, he, she was crying. And I thought, I'm going to kill this child. But this was your, the reason he looks like a pig is because of you. Because you didn't do what I told you. You were disobedient. And I took a deep breath and I was all ready to just, and she was crying and she was mad. Why did you, why did you, me, why did you let him? And I took this breath and I looked at her and I went, and out of my mouth came these words, which I tell you, this was all God and none of me. I went, I know it. It looks terrible. He's a pig. It's gross. It's horrible. And I just like acted just like she acted, you know. I can't believe it. Can you believe he's horrible? And I stood next to her, not not across from her, but I stood next to her looking at the dog. And she looked at me and she said, am I crying for no reason? And I said, yes. (laughs) And then she said, she kept right on crying and I just let her go to her room and I didn't say anything else and I laughed and laughed and laughed about it because I thought aha that was a great moment it was an aha moment so I know there's a moment where you stop sitting across from your child with your finger in their face saying listen here you need to do blah 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 but you stand next to them and you look at the situation together and then you can decide if you want to jump on them or just be with them in the moment. Maybe Ella is just, she doesn't know why she's crying. She doesn't know why she's melting down. She's hormonal, she's a girl, you know? So instead of jumping and being frustrated and trying to correct her, just be in it with her. Sit down on the floor and go, I know, I'm hated, I'm so sorry. You're right, isn't it awful? (laughs) And like, what do you think we should do? And in a minute, it'll be over. And yeah. she'll be on to the next thing. She'll stop crying. So sometimes instead of instead of trying to fix the moment, just be in the moment yeah. with your child. Boy, girl, be in the moment with them. Cry with them. Be sad with them. Do you want to hold my hand? Do you want a tissue? Don't even say anything. Just shut up. Laugh. I think that's good for dads, too, who yeah. have this Mr. Fix-It yeah. kind of thing, too. You know? and, and the second thing I would say, and Chris Thomason would say this about what we've learned as parents. The word says this, a soft answer turns away wrath. Mm. And sometimes, I know when Christopher used to be, because he gets angry, he's that kid who's like, and he blows up and he hates injustice and everything, and we would just say, you're right, I know, I know. And he wants to pick a fight, but if you don't pick a fight back, then it really can't do anything but just burn itself out. No. And that is good to know. That's That, that would be something that... That would be something that, you know, when you, when your child wants to pick a fight, and they do, because they're kicking against the goads. That's what, you know, they're trying to figure out their, their you know, where they're going. They want to pick a fight. That's, uh, that's Mia. Like, Ella's, um, I, I think Ella possibly is going to be in theater. <laughs> <laughs> 
What makes you say that? I know, she's that. But like when you were talking about, about, you know, they're born, you know, you have to learn how to adapt to their character. And, you know, when Ella was born, it was the normal sort of like little baby cry. And then once she got in my arms, she kind of just looked at me and stopped. And then I handed her to Joy. William came out, didn't make a peep. We actually thought there was something wrong, like just completely quiet. Huh. And um, and then Mia was born, and for a solid 45 minutes to an hour, she screamed bloody murder. I mean, like, we're holding her right, and she's just... <laughs> and, and it's so funny, like, that was... That's our... All three of our kids, in a snapshot, the day they were born, we, like, isn't their personalities amazing? are showing up. Uh, right. Isn't that amazing? And they're the same people. Incredible. Today, anyway, the it. book... Let's talk about it. Pep Talks, a can-do guide for sharing God, God's big love with little lives. And this is for the parents. This is for parents, grandparents, teachers, caregivers. Anybody that works with children, infants to five years old, pre- before first grade, I would say. Yes. And uh, my, my byline, my back page says this. If you have infants, toddlers, and preschoolers in your world, you probably need a pep talk. <laughs> <laughs> Can I hear an amen? Let me have a let me hear a big amen. You probably need a drink and you a pep talk. You probably need a drink and a pep talk. Okay, so this is um, um, this is this is hoping to give you tools and enthusiastic confidence so that you can teach little ones about God, Jesus, and the Bible. And what I'm this goes from spiritual formation to spiritual birth because formation is laying the foundation mm-hmm. on which both salvation and faith is built. And if you want to talk about salvation and then sanctification, if you want to use grown-up words, um, um, the idea is, and, and really, I, that was one of the things I was going to say when you asked me about the whole the Miss Patty Cake ministry and work of Miss Patty Cake. I jumped into it for the fun of it, knowing that I was in it already with my own children and my mm. friends and my nieces and my nephews, and this was fun, and it was something I knew I could do because it was acting and singing, doing a state, my own personal stage show, all for fun, and, and, and being a, a group activity where I can encourage people to go, come on, do this with me, and, and can you stand up? Can you wiggle your fingers? Can you wiggle your toes? Oh, you can, great, let's jump up and let's turn around, let's sing. So that's for the children, but at the same time, I'm trying to get parents to engage on a level with their own children age appropriately and that's a big buzzword in the especially in children's ministry you want to do things that are age appropriate one of the things i find in back to another question is parents today they want to do something with their children that um that that entertains them they want to do something that they think is fun rather than thinking about their children being on a different level than them mm. and saying to themselves, I need to, I need to step into the, onto their level. I need to unzip my grown-up self and remind myself, wait a minute, this is a two-year-old I have. This is a three-year-old I have. This is a four-year-old I have. And um, um, how do I engage them on their level, at their, at their learning level, and what's working for them? Not, not what I think is fun and you know, it, it appalls me occasionally, I have to say this, which is seems judgmental. It appalls me that parents say, my children love the latest Beyonce song, yeah. and they can sing every word of it. I, and I'm thinking to myself, you're playing Beyonce for your two-year-old? What are you thinking? Yeah. You're playing Beyonce for yourself, and your two-year-old is learning that. Now, I just threw that out. I mean, it could be anything. It's, it's Carrie Underwood. I don't know. What are they singing about? 
at two and three and four. I knew every word of the latest um, John Mayer song. Your Body is a Wonderland. That's the song you want your children to sing. They know every word of it. This happens to me all the time. I go, yeah. well, my children love music. It's, the parents will tell me, my children just love music. Of course they do. Every child loves music. We're built that way. But the music, the center in our brains for music is four times the size of the center for speech in our brains. Four times. That's why music is God's magic. It works. That's why if you sing something, they can remember the lyrics. That's why you need to be careful what your children are listening to because those words are getting planted like seeds into the fresh soil of their souls that are in their minds. They're going to remember the songs that they learned the earliest. That's why Jesus Loves Me, This I Know is probably the best song to teach your little bitty children because that you want that to be their first memories and yeah. their first songs. Anyway, that is me on my soapbox. No, that's amazing. But it, but it is something that, that's one of the things that I'm talking about is what are you giving your children? And let me start by saying this verse, which spurred me into the action of doing this. And, and, and it, is, it is 2 Timothy 3.15. Paul is talking to Timothy and he's reminding him who he is and what has been deposited in his life. And he says this, don't forget from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures. Hmm. Infancy. Go and study that word in the, in the Greek and find out what it means. And guess what it means? It means infancy. Since you were a babe <laughs> in arms, it means since you were, before you were weaned from infancy, you have known the Holy Scriptures, which were able to make you wise unto salvation through Jesus. So you lay the foundation of Scripture so that they can become wise unto salvation. So they gotta have a foundation of the word of God, the scriptures. And do you know how he got the word? He had a mother, Lois, he had a grandmother, Eunice, and you know how those women knew the word? They sang it. That's the only way women knew the word of God in those days, the scriptures, is that it was the oral tradition and everything was sung. All the yeah. Psalms were sung, all the Proverbs were sung, because that's the best and fastest way to learn the scriptures. So, Culturally, these Jewish women would have known the scriptures from that because they were women that couldn't read. So they, that's how they knew the scriptures. So they sang this as lullabies over their children all day, every day. That's what they did. Yeah. If, you go to, if you go to Israel today, you will see that on the, on the buses, all the women and the men have their prayer books. They're this big, and usually it's the Psalms and the Proverbs, and this is what they do on buses all day. They're just reading, 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 reading. They soak in the Word. They're much better at it than yeah. we are. The Jewish tradition was much better at learning the Scriptures. You know, like you saying all that makes me, it, it makes me realize you're not just saying how can you communicate God's love. It also says... How are you living your life? Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Because because they're not going to do the basic communicate God's love if they're like true. Well, that's one of the things this is you know calling I mean? like calling it's calling adults to first. It's telling them they're placed in privilege to parent, and mm-hmm. why? Because the scripture says children are a gift from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. So congratulations, yeah. you won the prize. You got it. Look, there's my there's my. Uh, <laughs> There's the trophy, and it's your baby. Congratulations. You won the prize. You're placed and you're privileged to parent. It's a big deal. Yeah. And um, so now, <laughs> so. Um, so I'm, now take it to baby daycare. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I put this. I put, what was I thinking? I can't do this. I'm going to be a terrible mother. I don't even think I like children. What was I thinking? I wanted a baby. And what am I? Well, I was crazy. I'm a crazy person. Why didn't I get a dog instead? You know, 
that's that those are my first thoughts as yeah. a mother like what god what were you thinking you gave me a child i mean i know i asked for it but this is terrifying I know. and you know what you should be terrified yeah. because because guess what this is the gift God has given you, and, he's, and, and now you have to go, okay, you said you equipped me, so now I have to look to God and ask, and, and, and I have to stay connected. Jesus said, what? I'm the vine, you're the branches. Stay stuck to me, because apart from me, you can do nothing. Mm-hmm. So we desperately need God's help in, um, in parenting our children. So that's really, what, that's really what this book is about. How can I find God's help? What, is, what are you going to be doing? Okay, so... There's a transition in your work, you know, like right, like your, your efforts and what your yeah. life is going to start looking. So it's not just patty cake now; it's this other, the real gene. The real gene. In talking well, to parents, gene. like what are you going to be doing now? Like now that you have this book, are, are you gonna, you have plans to? I I've been doing this for quite a long time. Okay. I've been a keynote speaker for a lot of like preschool um, teachers um, conferences and. Um, gone to, and speaking at for children's pastors conferences okay. and things like that and so I've been I've been doing this for a while probably at least the past six or seven years as I'm talking as well as doing um, putting on the costume and singing concerts so what I'm hoping is to make it where it's at least half and half mm-hmm. um, so a lot of times I'll go and sing a concert like on a Friday night and then I'll stay over on Saturday morning and the, and the, the church will do childcare and have teachers and parents come if they want a, if they want to have a workshop with with Jean. Um, and the interesting thing to see is how many parents will take time to actually do that. Yeah. I um I heard a I think the book what's great is I heard a podcast the other day and this guy was talking about if you write a book on a topic and it does well or people receive it read it all of a sudden you are seen as an expert over all the people that are doctors and that spent their lives in school and who have more education than you <laughs> because you have a book. Oh, interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, maybe, and hopefully this will, because, I mean, you've been doing it, but the, hopefully the book will maybe kind of officiate the idea of Good. Use, You know what I mean? Well, my, our, At least our that's friend, my hope for yeah, you. our friend Jim Weidman has been saying for years, Gene, you need to be the, the expert in preschool ministry. And... I think to myself, I, I, I don't know that I'm an expert in preschool ministry, but I do know that after being a mom now for 24 years and working with this challenging group of little children for 24 years, um, and especially working in churches and, um, and doing the research that I've done, which I'm excited to say there's a lot of there's there's a lot of information here that's not just this is not just me giving you my opinion this yeah. is me saying here's what Plato said here's what um, here's what the mostly what the scripture said but here is this research and that research about how does music work well with our children about what what happens in a two year old's brain what happens in a, the brain of a three year old how does synapses connect and all those kinds of things so that a mother feels a, a mother a father a hope fathers will read this and I'm, and I'm trying to make it really fun I put a lot of goofy things in there and funny stories and and um, um, opportunities for you to now a bunch of resources six pages of, of, of references in the back so hopefully you'll you'll jump on finding out who dr. Caroline leaf is and reading about what she says about how you can change your brain and yeah, how, that's how you, great. and um, and FB Meyer the secret of guidance and I just love what CS Lewis said and just people that People that are um, um, not just authoritative, but also uh, 
seen as uh, um, um, uh, what's a good word for that? Oh, I'm losing my words. Authoritative is a good. Yeah. Okay. So so they so they <laughs> geniuses. Somebody somebody that you say I can count on the words of this person. You know what they said. Yeah. Um, um, Calvin. Even the words of Calvin. I learned about John Calvin in a way I never had because I was looking at some of the things that I bumped into a, a quote that he said about praising and worshiping God. And I always think of John Calvin as this stoic reforming yeah. just the kind of and and yet he wasn't and yeah. yet he had a real worshiping attitude and he talked about how necessary the praise of God is to the universe and I'd love to can I read this yeah because it was because it's sort of I love that you know kind of like where it's all at I have been through this a lot he says this this is these are the words <clears throat> from the great conservative reformer the stability of the world depends on the rejoicing of God in his works period if on earth such praise of God does not come to pass then the whole order of nature will be thrown into confusion. We are cold when it comes to rejoicing in God. Hence, we need to exercise ourselves in the rejoicing and employ all our senses in it, our feet, our hands, our arms, and all the rest, so that they, our, 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 um, ourselves, so that they all might serve in the worship of God and so magnify him. John Calvin! Yeah. So, I'm talking about raising your hands and shouting and clapping and playing music and kneeling and just all the diet of worship, which is what this scriptures talk about, that we don't often get taught in our conservative churches. We yeah. don't get taught about what, why in the world do we need to make a racket? Well, and the answer is because of what the word hallelujah actually really means. Yeah. And so, um, and but children do it best. That's why it was fun and easy for me to dive into working with children. I like these people, these kids, you know, it, this is an army of rejoicing. Yeah. Psalm 8, verse 2, says this from the message. You probably know it in the NIV. It says, out of the mouths of babes and oh, yeah. infants, God has ordained praise and strength. Out of the mouths of babes and infants. But the message Bible, the way he writes it, he says this. You'll love it. Nursing infants are gurgling choruses about you. <laughs> and toddlers will shout the songs that drown out enemy talk and silence atheistic babble wow toddlers shout the song so i for me my assignment in this earth is who will teach the songs to the toddlers so that they will sing them and this is what will happen right then, and the book is to equip the parents equip the parents responsibility in doing that absolutely rather than passing along hoping that someone else does it for them and yes absolutely if if I said, this book is for you if you're asking, how do I talk to my little one about God? Or at what age should I begin? How important is spiritual formation and what is it anyway? Isn't taking them to church enough? Where will I find the time and will I have the answers? I have a friend who is afraid that she doesn't have the answers. And she has one of these children that ask a million thousand questions all the time. Why should I believe in God? Where is God? I can't see God. What is God? And she's freaked out because she doesn't have the answers. Uh -huh. And, you know, my answer to that is, here's what you say. <gasps> what a great question. That's a great question. I know. I think the same thing. Why don't we pray? Why don't we read the Bible together? Let's see what the Bible has to say. You know, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So guess what? Since we can't see the Father, let's look at Jesus because we can see him. Yeah. Um, your children are going to ask questions and you're not going to have the answers. But that's okay because you can discover the answers together and you're on a journey. I think you're perfect for this. Um, when you've been doing it for a long time, but it just rolls off your tongue. Yeah. You know, it's amazing. 
Yeah, I mean, seriously, it's it's a gift. It's amazing. Um, pep Talks, a can-do guide for sharing God's big love with little lives. Buy it today. Do it. <laughs> At MissPattyCake.com. At MissPattyCake.com. I'm going to put all your links up when we Good. do this podcast. Hey, hey I, um, I, I just got a, a publishing it. deal. Hey, yeah. with you. Um, well, since I have, I haven't signed it yet. I'm afraid to mention okay, it. Okay, never mind. All right, but that's I, good. But somebody really likes it, and they're going to buy the book. So that's that's Holy worth rejoicing yeah. in. Yeah, that's awesome. So that hopefully will give me even even bigger platform, just because I know parents of young children need encouragement. Yeah. That's what I know. And here's what else I know. I know they don't want another self help book. So that's what I'm. I tried to make this like diaper bag friendly, and it's really colorful, and it has a ton of graphics, and it has lots of. Funny stories. Are these the ones you're giving away since the, yeah. the cover's off. Yeah, the cover got pixelated on the first one, so that one's yours, my brother. <laughs> Take it home, read it, be encouraged. I love it. Be spurred on to love and good deeds, as Hebrews says. Okay, I told you I'm going to do this in two parts. I have sort of like um, okay, uh, rapid fire questions Go. that I do with everybody. When do you feel most alive? <gasps> when do I feel most alive? When I'm snow skiing. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh my gosh. You love snow skiing? Yes. Are you good at it? No. I would have been if I'd gotten to spend much time what about out there. Snow skiing? Water skiing. Well, I love the cold, and so the cold air always makes me feel really alive. Yeah. And um, um, so I like it when it's brisk and, and cold. And, and, um, but you also go to Colorado for skiing, right? Yeah, that's true. So the view. So the view, the sky, the mountains, the snow, the the speed, the wind in my face, and um, it's just ex- incredibly, outrageously exhilarating. And also the fall. I love the fall. I love looking at the colors and color. Just I'm a color freak. So I'm yeah, a I've color been junkie. The, this I lo- this, this is the Chinese. Um, what do you yeah, call these? It's uh, a it's an ornamental chi- cherry. No, okay. Then oh, you think of a Chinese maple? Maple. Ja- yes, Japanese I love Chinese maple. maple. Anyway, this tree is right outside the window, and it's beautiful. The leaves are beautiful. Um, okay, that's amazing. I would have not expected that from you. Yeah. But that's cool. Um, what are some healthy habits you've embraced over time? Um, I make lists every day. Oh, wow. And, um, and I do that for myself. My, to my, do? Yes. Okay. My father, my father was a, is a brilliant engineer and was an amazing guy. And the thing that he always liked to say, matter of fact, I wrote it in the script in the book because, because I think it's really interesting how God how God tells us things without us really realizing what he's telling us but my dad would always say if I would say hey dad I need you to blah blah he would go stop write it down wait write it down write it down because he didn't want to have to be responsible to because he just needed wanted to remember it and so it's the the three words that I've heard the most in my life write it down write it down write it um which is funny that we say just that we say the word down is kind of funny to me just write it is enough isn't it write it (laughs) write it write it down on the paper write it and um and i tell my children this forever and their mom i need you to go get me a "Ah." you know make make a note make a note of it and so i i have a million i i'm not as organized as i need to be but i have millions of notes that i write to myself and then i try to take my notes and write them and and then i and then even the things that i've already done i like to write that And then scratch through it when I've done it. You know, my dad grew up with a day timer, and so that's what anything that didn't get done on this day, he would flip the page and write it on the next day to make sure that it got yes. done. And for me, because so I'm good. because I'm creative and because I'm a wing it kind of person, and I'm the kind of person who somebody says, "Hey, can I bring 15 people in an hour?" I go, "Sure." You know, okay, yeah. Some people 
can't do that, but I can. It's just my temperament, and so um, so I'm not very organized, but the thing that helps me the most that I've created a healthy habit is to take notes and write things down. Now, my notes are disorganized, but at least I've written it. Yeah. Are there any habits that you're aware of that you had to remove from your life? Like, like, like anything, as a mother or something? Yeah, no, or just as, just as, as Jean. Like, is there anything that, like, you've, like, you know, this, on a day-to-day basis, you know, for Joy, it was getting off Facebook, like, completely oh. just, you know, she was, that was something that was, like, taking unnecessary time and didn't add any value to her day huh. or anything. You know what I mean? Like, is you know that's funny that you said that because um, a couple of years ago I started playing that Candy Crush game. That was one of those. <laughs> that was one of those. But I started realizing how it was. Um, I, um, it was this insane magnet. It was like every night that I sat down and before I could even say goodnight to my husband or turn off the light, I was like grabbing my iPad and playing Candy Crush and going, "I did that one. I can do another. One. I can do another one." It's almost like this. Um, it's almost like. A, um, um, what's the word? An addiction or a, 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 a compulsion, uh. um, and it was compulsive. And I finally, and my sister was playing it. What level are you on? What level are you on? I was like, this is insane. This is actually stealing time from me. So uh. I, so I deleted it. Yeah. And I said, I can't do this anymore. It's just like that's just, and there's nothing wrong with it at all. But I just realized it was becoming compulsive for me, and I realized that I have compulsive behaviors like that. I played Sudoku like that for a while, and it was just. It's good. It was good brain activity or exercise like that, and um, um, so habitual things like that. Habitual. I don't. That's know. good though. I mean, that's a that's a good one. Best advice, if you can think of, that you've ever been given. Um, life is not a, about you. Hmm. Life is not. Where did that come you. from? Um, a counselor that I saw a number of years ago when I was angry and frustrated about as a young married person before I had children and just thinking that my life was that God gave me a husband to facilitate my life Uh, that's how I felt about it and I didn't know I felt that way but that's you know that's really what the truth was Mm. that I felt like God said you're going to need a husband in this journey and I was like, all right, God's giving me a husband who's going to love me and serve me and take care of me. And that was, and so it was about me. Yeah. And, um, uh, and, I, and that was really, really hard as a young married person for me to get over myself yeah. and, to say, and to stop and step back. And then the, the, big, the greatest gift that God ever gave me was a child. There's, there's a salvation in childbirth. There's, a, there's something that happens when you become a mother. And men don't experience it quite the same as women um, in my experience yeah. you know, observing that but when you become a mother you lose much of yourself yeah. into a, into this child you know when um, when when that placenta that's a big part of you I don't know what it is about it but you know just suddenly your life is not so you can't be so self absorbed mm-hmm. if, if you are walking if you know the Lord and if you're if you're normal the way God made you to be some women seem to be able to not care as much about their children somehow nah, I'm not going there but you know for me um, the best advice was um, you, this this world is not about you this life is not all about you yeah. you know it's about others and I'm and trying to learn that in my marriage relationship was hard because I'm gregarious and I'm large and in charge and I'm a bigger than life kind of a personality that God made me you know I used to get mad at God and go why didn't you make me a man why did you make me a woman true because I because I have that 
real D kind of a personality, yeah. just going and blowing and doing, get out of my way, you know, yeah. and, um, and then God brought me this husband and I was like, okay, you know, what, what are we going to do now? You know, he's so, he's laid back and he's loyal and he's, you know, and it took me a long time to get to become okay with, um, with my, I'm still, I still, it's the, the, the role of wife and is, is not an easy thing for every woman to, to um, embrace and yeah. really, I'm, I'm still trying to apprehend it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think for everybody, yeah, husband and wife, that's a lifelong journey. Dying to yourself and living for others. Gosh, yeah. you know, I mean, and that's the, that's married or single. That's what God calls us to do. We, we live we we die to ourselves you know mm-hmm. you know that scripture that i said earlier about in our struggle against sin we've not yet resisted to the point of shedding our blood you know the the idea that uh, that i hate the flesh so much that i that i want to try to pursue my life in the spirit and who i really am that my life is hid with god and, and kept in when Colossians 3 says that, that we haven't even seen our life. You know, our life is hid with Christ. Yeah. And then when he appears, that's when we're going to see our whole life. Mm. This isn't even my life yeah. yet, you know. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah. We're gaining time. We're, 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 we're pursuing. We're, we're pushing into um, eternity all yeah. the time. That's awesome. Books? Favorite books? Oh. Besides Pet Talks from Pet. <laughs> Thomas. Um, I am... Uh, Favorite books, Have Mercy, that's a broad, I read a lot, I love reading a lot, and right now I'm reading Mark Batterson's book, I, I finished his book on um, Draw the Circle, which is a, a, a prayer book, but this one is about praying circles around the lives of your children, hmm. I highly recommend this. Mark Batterson. Mark Batterson, who is a pastor in Washington, D.C., a national community church there, um, he wrote a book, he's written a couple of fabulous books, one of his great books is called in a pit with a lion on a snowy day. And it's a great, great book about having God with you in the middle of your struggles. And he's a wonderful writer. He wrote a book called um, uh, The Circle Maker, which is about prayer. So this is kind of a devotional after The Circle Maker book. So huh. I'm, I'm reading him. I love Ann Voskamp. She's yeah. written a book called 1,000 Gifts, which I think is... Yeah, Joy, I think she read that last year. I, and life-changing for me life-changing for me because it's all about looking at your life every little situation every event and giving thanks by faith I've kind of talked about it a little bit what does it mean to give thanks in all things and how it changes you when you give thanks like Jesus gave thanks before he went to the cross if you decide to look around and see what can I thank God for you know the bird nest that's right there in my tree I'm gonna have robins right there nice just the just the things that the things that you observe in your life. And she has six children and lives on a farm, so she's a busy woman. You know, it's like we get um, gratitude has been something I've really been thinking and pondering on a lot. Uh, and we get so caught up on the big things, the big like, career moves and all stuff, that we miss the robins in the tree uh, and the, sure. the coffee cup in the morning in the dark. You know what I mean? Like, it just the little things that, like, add up to the big things, you know, oh, how I special do. they are. Absolutely. I may have shared this with you guys when I saw you at World Outreach, but um, so when I lost my voice yes. for two months, yes. um, it, it, the Lord convicted me that um, well, it was the man in the Bible, he says, uh, if, you can, if you can heal my son, heal him or help him, you know? Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, if I can, and um, all things are possible for him who believes. Right. 
And and I read that, and then for some reason that felt like the Lord was like, you know, you you really got this praying thing down, but like I would pray and be angry afterwards. And the Lord was like, why don't you just thank, thank me? Thank me. And the day after, I spent Thursday all day going, okay, Lord, I'm just going to start thanking you, and then I'll just from here on out be thanking you. And um, the day after that, my voice, like, because usually I could, I'd wake up in the morning and could barely talk right. at all. And uh, not that I was doing a lot of talking then, but like my voice started to heal the very next day. And then for the, the following week or, or week and a half, it just continued to get better. And then a week and a half later, I sang for the first time in two months. And so, um, so that's huge. Yes. And I don't know that it, I mean, I think obviously every good thing comes from above. So like, it's obviously of the Lord, but just the perspective that it does to your physical and your mental of just being thankful. Cause I think it does it like, it almost like suffocates us to where like it puts us in this place of like not being able to thrive and in whatever it was done. You know what I mean? It physically I did. and mentally and emotionally handicaps you when we, when you wake up and you're just angry at the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. I do know exactly what I mean. The interesting thing is what you just talked about is a Hebrew word, todah, T-O-D-A-H. And todah is that faith praise that says thank you Mm -hmm. and praise you for what you are doing, even if I don't see it yet, you know. Mm -hmm. You know that that song that says, when there's pain in the offering. It's a really big song that has not come, but it's just that lyric that when there's pain in the offering, yet I I will praise you and give you thanks. And there's pain in the offering. What is that song? You know it. I know you know it. I know. It's like, <laughs> anyway, I always think about that. And when sometimes you just say, when the passes the plate, you just say, Toda. That just means That's I so thank good. you in advance. It's from um, Psalm 50, verse 23. Whoever, Toda, thanks me by faith, honors me. That honors. And then I will show my salvation to him. That honors the Lord when we say, okay, my child is here or my husband's job is here or my house hasn't so or you know whatever your situation is but father you know thank you thank you thank you for what you're then, doing like you said you it's then after yeah. that the fact that you, i'll show you my salvation uh-huh. you know thank you and i give That's you the hard thing praise to do. by faith and then the lord goes thank you you know because you release him there's something about prayer and praise that releases the answer to us and we know that in the scripture you know when daniel prayed for 21 days and finally when the angel got there he said thank you for keeping on praying because i had to fight this battle but your prayers uh, you know and this is things that we don't know these are the mysteries that we that we won't see until we get to heaven but um that your prayers gave me the the energy the weaponry the everything that i needed to fight the battle so that I could be released to come and bring you the answer. So there's something that is that that's the, the mystical gift of God to us in prayer and praise that releases God on our behalf. Mm-hmm. It's just it's all through the scriptures, mm. you know. So so, but we are the ones who have to do that, you know. Oh my soul, David said, I will bless the Lord. His praise will continually be in my mouth. Um, my soul will make us boast in the Lord. The humble will hear it, and they will rejoice. And so. He's talking to himself, oh, my soul. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul. He's yeah. talking to himself. So so we have to do that. That's a that's a good advice. Talk to yourself and say, I will rejoice. It is my choice to rejoice. This is the day. I will rejoice and be glad in it. You know, it's a choice. It's a, it's a choice. I just heard that recently about talking also, talking out loud to yourself and talking also to, like, anything that's defeating that comes in your mind. Oh, yeah. And just talking back to it saying, I, I, no, I'm not mm-hmm. going to buy that. That's stupid. 
Shut up. <laughs> I listened to this pastor a lot. Graham Cook is his name. He's probably speaking the most into my life in the past couple of years. And he is, uh, um, because I'm on the road a lot. And so I listen to his podcasts. And one of the things that he says, if, if you're having a negative thought and if you're having an angry thought, um, I got some advice for you. And that is this, have another thought. <laughs> Think about something else. Go, wait a minute. That's unproductive. That's negative. That's angry. Okay. Let's, let's, let's have another thought. Okay, and, and make the choice to talk to your, speak to yourself yeah. and, and talk to yourself. Interesting. Uh, any mentors that have played important roles in your life? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, um, musical mentors in my life. I had two amazing men that I already told you about. Well, um, the one was the, the choir director, Dr. Thomas. What a dear guy who really, really encouraged me and loved me and taught me how to communicate with my mm -hmm. singing. And then another guy who was my voice teacher who said, you think you can't do this, but you can. You know, and he was that guy who mm -hmm. said, um, you can sing a, you can sing in high E flat and I'm going to help you do it. You know, just the kind of things. And he just, um, he would always say, don't worry about all the squirrels, the people who tell you what you can't do or the people who are like concerned <laughs> with the little squirrels. things. And he would say, you're not a squirrel. You're in, you, you know, you're a bird. You can, you can fly. And with your voice, you can go anywhere. Wow. And he told me that in college. He said, you can go anywhere with That's your voice. Awesome. So from a, just from a musical perspective, those guys um, were really amazing. Mentors, as far as women, you know, people speaking into my life generationally, um, my mother, who loves Jesus purely and in a childlike way, mm -hmm. she's amazing. And I always laugh and say she was the original Miss Patty Kay. <laughs> because she's silly and goofy, and she got down on the floor and played games with us when mom. we were kids. I know, she's a hoot. She's hysterical. She is. We, uh, for the one and a half of you that are listening to this, <laughs> we did a, me and Jean did a show together for almost three months. Oh, you did. And, and you were fabulous. You were, you were fabulous. You were too, gorgeous, darling. darling. You were. And so I saw the entire Patty Kate clan, her side of the family, <laughs> and they're amazing. Y'all are so close. It's crazy. They are. It's very sweet. Sorry, mentors. So that mentor. Um, Kay Arthur has loved and mentored me, and a lot of uh, the women, since I was on the Women of Faith um, worship team, I got to sit at the feet of these amazing mm -hmm. women. Patsy Claremont, Marilyn Meberg, Sheila Walsh, and um, we are friends, and they have loved me. Thelma Wells, an amazing, amazing woman. Wow. Um, uh, and uh, and the sweet thing is that I'm invited back to to participate with these women now, and I'm about to do a generational conference. Wow! <laughs> with my friend Thelma Wells from Dallas, and her children and grandchildren um, wow. are my friends, and so they have loved me. And Kay Kay's Bible studies mentored me in the Word, as well as Beth Moore. So I've just you know. All these things are available to us. You yeah. know, I would say one of the things that I know young mothers need is somebody who's going to speak, speak to them and speak their language and talk about things that um, I would say Jen Hatmaker right now has an amazing ministry. She's just written a great book called mm. For the Love. And she's a, she's a type A woman who had two children, adopted, who had three children, adopted two children, and just her 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 world and her perspective and she does a great mommy blog she's yeah. amazing as wow. a, a young mother joy would just love her Wait, who is, what Jen, is her, name? her name is jen hat maker hat maker hat maker as mr lockwood has his fun hat on his head today <laughs> jen hat maker 
she's um, she's an amazing woman. Christine Kane, I think, is worth listening to. She's she's got an she incredible um, life and ministry work, and she's a mom, a great mom who's pursuing um, helping people who are involved in uh, sex, slave, and and human trafficking. Wow, um, that kind of her heart. But boy, her her um, her her walk with God is quite amazing. Yeah. She's got a great voice. It's uh, you kind of said said it just now like all these things are available to us like the mentors in my life have really become the books oh I agree and the podcast sure and that it is true it's like you know it's not that you necessarily have to sit down with over coffee with somebody all the time like there's great advice and yes inspiring and encouraging stuff out there I think John Maxwell is quite amazing yeah. I'm reading some of his books he, he has written a book called Great Leaders Ask Great Questions that's a really good one and this one which is called Becoming a Person of Influence that's the one that's on my nightstand right now John Maxwell yeah, I still, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership is still one of my all-time favorites from him. Um, I have a daily mentor guy, and, I've, and maybe you don't know who this is, but his name is Darren Hardy. Uh, he's a Christian, but he's, he doesn't speak from a, necessarily from a Christian perspective, even though if you have ears to hear, you will Darren always hear. Darren Hardy. And Darren Hardy, D-A-R-R-E-N, Hardy, and he does this thing called Darren Daily. And um, and every day he'll send you a text message, oh, cool. and it's a it's a four to three to five minute little snippet, either a little video. Hi, having coffee this morning. How's your you know? And he sends it at six o'clock every morning, and so I get these little daily encouragements, and Aaron it's just daily. brilliant. And then he's a he's a student of Jim Rohn and some of these great influential yeah. um, writers who are. They're Christian men, but they're in the but they're like but they're in the world and speaking yeah. to um, um, people about being being all that you can like be. Zig that Ziggler. sounds yes, kind of very much. Os, Os, Oswald Chambers, yeah. and Zig Ziglar, these kind of they, these are the guys that have kind of come after those men and and are carrying oh. on their tradition. That's of, cool. Yeah. What keeps you motivated? <laughs> Besides uh, coffee. What I'll tell you what keeps me motivated. Um, people like Chris Lockwood, who send me a picture of his daughter asleep in her crib, holding onto a Miss Patty Cake DVD. <laughs> oh my gosh, she! I mean, we went through it with Ella. Uh -huh. um, I think I appreciate it now more because I know you. Um, uh, but like now, watching Mia, our yeah. second daughter, you know, well, go through the same spell under your spell. <laughs> here, here's here's what I know about what you and I get to do when we get to take the gifts God has given to us and when we package them, CDs, videos, books, when we package them, what happens is the work God is doing in our life becomes a work that can keep working. Yeah. So what I know about Miss Patty Cake is the work that I did even 20 years ago when I started this whole thing in, in 96 and then again in 2001 I did more and then again in 2007 I did more. That work is out there working all yeah. over the world every day. I sent a package to Indonesia last week. Um, I and And so, and and you know why? Because they can find me online all over the world. I sent something to the, the nation of Gab, Gabon in, uh, in Africa, I didn't even know what that was. I don't even probably didn't even say it correctly. But I'm just thinking these people. Oh, I have a girl who's working for me right now, and she came back. She was in Vienna last year, and she said I, she walked into the church in Vienna, and there are all the Miss Patty Cake videos in Vienna. You're um, like, I wish I could be in Vienna. I know, really. <laughs> so two years ago, a woman came to meet me with her son, who she adopted from. Uh, uh, Africa. 
Africa, some country in Africa. Lord, what is the name of the country? Okay. So I don't remember the Ethiopia. Thank you, Lord. So from Ethiopia, from a, an, an, not an English-speaking child, but they didn't get him until he was three. And he walked into the, he came into the house, and when he came to the house, he saw the TV. This is the first he walked into the house. And he walked over to the TV, and he put his hand on the TV, and he said, Patty Cake. Wow. Patty Cake. And they were like, what is he saying? And it took her a while to figure out what was going on. She started asking questions. This is what my son is saying. She never heard of me, which is fun. But she, when she finally discovered it and she figured out how to get a copy of one or more of the DVDs and she put them in and she said, this is, this is the only English she knew because at the orphanage in Ethiopia, they have Miss Patty Cake videos. Wow. That motivates me. Absolutely, it does. Grief. It works. The work is story. working, and what I know is it works. If it didn't work, my goodness, I would have hung up the burned the costume years yeah. ago. But because, <laughs> but I know that it works, and it still works. You know, the songs win. Yeah. Music wins. The word mm -hmm. of God wins. It's planting seeds in little lives. It's and it is happening all over the world right now while we're sitting here, and yeah. so that makes me. It's amazing. It's incredibly humbling because I mean, it's not me. For heaven's sakes, yeah. this is all God. It's not me. I put on a silly costume. But it is. I mean, but it is. And sang some songs. In a sense, you are working. You're just not working. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you are. You are on a video working. Yeah. That's amazing. Gosh, that's a great story. Yeah. Good grief. I have to shout out to Nancy Gordon, the woman in Nashville, Tennessee. I mean, in Mobile, Alabama, who mothered four children and who writes songs. She's a great songwriter. She's written a bunch of big. We believe in God the Father. Mm -hmm. We. She wrote that song, Jesus, you're my firm foundation. She wrote that big worship Good song. Grief. and uh, But she wrote the Patty Cake Praise songs and some of the other songs, and she it was her idea. And she said, somebody's got to sing these songs. And so... How crazy. So, you know what? Here's what I love, and this is about us, too. In 1 Corinthians, Paul is talking to the Corinthians, and he's saying, you guys are getting so upset, and you're frustrated, and you're like, I follow... I follow Paul. I follow Apollos, but I follow Jesus because I'm even more. He said, "Don't you understand that one plants and another waters, but God gives the increase." So yeah. Apollos planted and I watered, and God gives the increase, which means Apollos is nothing and I'm nothing, and God is everything. Yeah. So you know what we get to do is just be part of making God so famous and making the Lord Jesus so famous that because He's everything. Yeah. Nancy planted, you watered. Absolutely. And God, increased. God increased. It's amazing. What haunts you? <gasps> what I would have, could have, should have done. I should have gone after finding somebody who had enough money for me to make a lot more videos. Yeah. I have a lot more ideas. I have 13 videos written and songs written for them that we never had the money to produce. Yeah. And so that's what haunts me. And it makes me really sad because I, 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 we have nine videos, but I mean, that's nine videos in 20 years. I wish I had had 300 videos. Yeah. But, the, but it was just cost prohibitive, and sadly, we just never were able to. And integrity, the market didn't value children's ministry right. enough to really market it in such a way that the money could come back in to fund more um, more of these videos. And, and we did high-end stuff. We didn't do cheesy, cheap stuff. We spent $150,000 on every episode, wow. all in. You know, music, video, post, um, um, graphics. Uh, animation, all the stuff. It, it, it's it's well done. We could put it on. It, it, it. I tell people it's like Playhouse Disney goes to Sunday school. Yeah. The it's one well thing done. that um, I, you know, I, I wasn't joking. I did. We there was an episode that was on TV this morning, 
Um, and one of the things that I noticed that stuck out while I was listening was the uh, the um, the underscore music. Yes, underscore. the mm -hmm. keyboard um, that goes along with everything when you do Chris Springer. When it's kind of like a, is it is it Chris? Yeah. Did he develop all that? Like just watch the show and uh -huh. then like kind of, I mean like. Brilliant people. Yeah. Real, brilliant people um, worked on this project. Like to make that alone, I mean, anytime a film score or anything like that is, like, but to make that, like, because that adds so much. If it was just your voice and no underscore, you know, it'd know. still be good, but it, like, it adds a little sort of, like, magic. Sure it does. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, and Carl Horseman at Triple Horse Productions in Atlanta, he's oh, the Carl. guy. Yeah. He's the guy that helped, he, he built the set and, and, um, and. Does it still exist? Well, in pieces, it does. <laughs> I'm you just, know. you know, I'm, I'm curious when you say that, like, you know, um, you can make a CD that used to cost a million dollars. True. Now sound, you know, now make it, you can make it for 20. It you is, know what I mean? It is pretty amazing. And so like. What digital does. The, the, the technology and everything is so available for, for cheap now, you know, um. I mean, do you guys ever think about doing it again? All the like time. for for cheaper? All I mean, the time. Because it can be done just as well, and you won't be... You know what I mean? It's oh, like, I do. well, if we don't spend $150,000, we're not going to look as good. And it's like, well, I don't know that that's true anymore, you know? I mean, it's crazy. Like with Well, it would just have to look different. This piece of engineering. I know. Right You're right. Here. Oh, you are right. It's crazy. You're right. It's just, it's, um, it's just the... But with the book and stuff, you know, I mean, God may be opening up a new chapter. That's what, I, that's what I'm hoping, you yeah. know? One of the, the the next thing that we're is on our um, agenda to do is we're going to do Miss Patty Cake reads stories and we're going to put Miss Patty Cake in the big red chair that's in there and I'm going to have a book in my lap and the camera's going to come in and, and I'm going to say you know yay my friends are here we're, today we're going to read some stories come on and the camera will come and sit on my shoulder and overlook and I'm going to actually oh, cool. read a book and turn the page and read the books and turn the page um, and um, so right now I'm amassing the books that I feel like I want to read which Bible stories and. And it has to be more than just a one-page Bible story to keep children intrigued. Yeah. But a lot of parents aren't able to take the time to sit down with their child in their lap and actually turn the pages of the book. So many parents, both of them work, and their kids are at daycare all day, and nobody does that at daycare for a child. So sad as it is, it's true. Some children pick up a book, and because they only look at this and an iPad or an iPhone, they don't even know how to turn a page in a book. Yeah. So that's that's the next thing on my agenda to create. I think about pep talks mm -hmm. and you speaking into the lives of parents, and I think about you're referencing John Maxwell, and one of the things he preaches is everyone can lead followers, but to lead leaders wow. is a bigger thing. And so maybe this is the chapter of your life where you begin to birth patty cakes all over the world. You know what I mean? Like mom and dad to then be, take on their own patty cake personality yes. and do what you've been doing and finally wake up and go, oh, wait, it's not her responsibility to teach my kids. It's mine, you know? Yes. Thank you. Well uh, said. Anyway, um, what do you want to be most remembered for? <gasps> God. This is the last one. Oh, glory to God. I mean, I think... See, I'll let you I answer. No, that's good. Because uh, I am presently oriented. You've I'm not got the kind so of much a wealth of good stuff from this. This, these, this mm -hmm. podcast has been so good. You're so fun to let me just talk I'm off serious. the top of my head. What do I most want to be remembered for? If I had to talk by myself, I could never yes. say a tenth of the goodness that's come out of your mouth today. Uh, <laughs> well, see, what this is good because you... you 
you prepped and you asked me questions and so um i and i i know i i think what i want to be remembered for um um i have realized even from my youth just as i was cleaning out this this office and transferring stuff i found i found something that i'd made when i was in junior high school and um um and this is what it and this is what it was um i was at a a camp in junior high school and everybody had to make a sign to go on the door that would say this is my name and it was a, and you had to draw an ice cream cone and choose a ice cream flavor and so everybody in the whole hall was like i'm vanilla i'm chocolate i'm strawberry i'm this and mine was peppermint fudge ripple oh don't, don't ask me i just know i thought i don't want to be chocolate and vanilla that's boring and um i want my life to be remembered like this yeah uh, i and I'm holding up a picture of a wildly colorful, impressionistic looking um, heart. I want people to say she loved well yeah. and she was colorful. And that my life is big and full of love and yeah. that I've loved people well. And, um, I and I love what big. Is, what is that? Oh, well, this is my friend who's, a, who's an artist. She's, she's, a, she's the artist who I... Um, who I referenced earlier when she's the one who said, you can write a book, all you have to do is get an outline, A-E-I-O-U. She was the one who was like, which I ended up, the outline of my book is P-R-A-I-S-E exclamation point. That's the, out, that, that's the those are the chapter headings there. Yeah. It's an acrostic for the word praise. And so, um, but she, she's, a, she's this wildly colorful artistic woman. And I met her and said, you are me <laughs> and, and, and you're my new best friend and, and we are. So, uh, wow. but, but I think that, I think that I would say that I, I would like my life to be epitomized by the word fabulous and the idea of color and big, big, big love. I wrote a song that says, God's love is big. It's really big. It's great, great, big, big love. It's not small, not small at all. It's big, 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 big love. God's love is strong. God's love is warm. It's always close to you. It never, never goes away, no matter what you do or say. Okay, I'll say it. You ready? It's big as a mountain. I don't know this one. No, you have to repeat after me. <laughs> big as a mountain. Strong as a lion. Strong as a lion. Warm as a summer day. Why does the ocean? Why does the ocean? Sweet like honey. Sweet like honey. God's big love. God's big love. Will always stay. Will always stay. See, there you go. It never, never goes away. God's love is big. So that's that's what I that's what I want. Gene. <laughs> Chris. <laughs> Bring it. Come on. I know you want to. I, I'm bringing it right now. Okay. Um, I want to acknowledge you and tell you thank you for the work that you've done for the kingdom and the lives of children and how you've helped assist parents, whether you realize it or not. And I think that, like, I think that, I think there are so many, many good blessings coming down the pipe for you and Chris, because I think this is, I think what you're doing is pretty powerful, this new turn, this new chapter mm -hmm. in your life. And, um... And I do think that there are going to be uh, more patty cakes as a result of this. And um, I, I just I want to applaud you, you and say thank you very much for everything that you've done. And, and 
as a parent who has kids who love patty cake, three of them, um, I feel safe with you when my daughter is asleep in her crib mm. holding a patty cake DVD. Good. You know, I don't question, what is that? You know, are we going to be worried about that down the road? Right, you right, know? right. And so, um, we don't have, we don't turn on the TV at hardly ever in our house. Um, and But when it is on, it usually either has um, George, <laughs> VeggieTales, or Patty Cake. Great. And then an occasional, the occasional movie. But um, you have helped shape the lives of our children thus far. And I just want to say thank you. And, and I love you. Thank Very you. Very appreciative of you and everything. And thank you for doing this podcast today. My pleasure, my privilege, and I love seeing where um, where the message of, of the kingdom goes and how and how God allows us to use this technology to touch people's lives. So I'll be excited. Yay. Thank you. I'm honored you asked me to do this. Absolutely. I appreciate it. This is going to be in two parts, Woo-hoo. and I'm going to have all your links on there so everybody can find yeah. Patty Cake. Oh, and if you ask me what's my favorite thing I've ever done, and you might not have asked me, but it's actually the Lullaby CD. And I, I did a Lullaby CD um, uh, that's on there, and it's so- songs of blessing songs, scripture songs, a couple of hymns. And most people don't know that I've had two late-term, I had two miscarriages after I had two healthy children. And that was a real sad, sad, sad season for me because I always thought that I would have four, five, six children. And... Um, that was not God's plan. So I have, I have a treasure in heaven. I have two children in heaven already, and um, I got to sing that worship the lullaby CD right after I lost the first mm. um, baby. And so um, that for me was an, an offering, just that God let me sing. I felt like the Lord let me sing to this baby, and um, wow. so it is really full of healing and full of just the presence of the Lord because it was so obvious how the presence was with us in in the recording studio and we had to stop many times because I was weeping so and I wouldn't say this just to everybody but I know because of the reports that I've gotten back from people who say my child no longer has night terrors my infant mm-hmm. my, my little child never doesn't even get out of his crib anymore because we put that this music on in his bedroom so I know that there is the, that there is the presence and the power of God in the music of the re- of the recording of the lullaby CD, which is called "Good Night World." Yeah. Good night, Chicky. Good night, Bluebird. Good night. <laughs> I think puppy. we do have that. Good night, world. It's really sweet. I can't keep up with what we have. Oh well, of course anymore. that's okay. But it <laughs> but it's great for babies and you know and for toddlers and even preschoolers to to nap with and to sleep with at night, but it just sings over, sings the word over them, just like that scripture we said about from infancy. They can know the scripture if you sing, let them, these kinds of things sing over them. So so that it. was the, so thanks. They can find that too on the website. I love it. Thanks. Love you. Thanks. Thank you. Love you back. Hey, hey.